Hi, and welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast, co-hosted by Abby Fearing, the Badass Breastfeeder, and Diane Cassidy, IBCLC. Hey, welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. It's Diane Cassidy, your lactation consultant. And Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And welcome, welcome, because we are going to talk about um, the effects of birth interventions on breastfeeding. And I love this topic. Partially, I don't know if we have enough time for Diane to tell all the things she wants to oh tell Oh my you. God, I know. I'm going to go, like, it's crazy. <laughs> I could talk forever about this. But it was always my favorite, like when I taught childbirth classes, it would be my favorite class, which probably scared the hell out of everybody because everybody <laughs> wants to think that, like, nothing impacts anything and that you just go to the hospital and all this stuff happens and they give you all these meds to help you feel nothing and then it, everything's great. Like, nobody wants well, to... Well, yes, it's know that there's it's actually no- a side effect that that happens right because it's normal right it's a norm in our culture and there's doctors doing it so it must be normal and fine normal and fine yeah but it's not and it's not and if we think about it logically like we have to put it's a- okay like if you're pregnant don't start freaking out right now yeah no don't don't start freaking out like it's it's okay whatever your birth plans are your birth is going to be fine as long as you have all the information and you feel empowered and all of that stuff we're, yeah. we're just talking about things that tend to not get talked about and do sometimes have an effect on breastfeeding like your life is not in danger don't worry no no nothing we're like that the effects we're talking about effects of breastfeeding and there's some things that you should know and one of the things that i always try to tell because i did my my master's thesis on the impact of epidurals and breastfeeding and I've done um, conferences on this, too. And the big takeaway message with it is, as long as you know what happens, like if you have your information and you make an informed decision and you know, okay, this maybe could make my baby sleepy or this maybe could impact breastfeeding in this certain way, but it's fine and we'll get over it and I'll just get extra help and it'll be okay. But when women Mm -hmm. don't know that, they go into it thinking everything's going to be fine. This doesn't impact the baby at all. And when their baby doesn't breastfeed, they think they're doing something wrong. There's something wrong with them. There's a problem with their baby. And that's not the case. So as long just have the information, that's all. It doesn't mean you could never have, you know, an epidural or anything like that. Right. But just about having the information. Right. And you would never go into at least I know I wouldn't and I doubt you would and I'm sure everybody else listening would never go into any kind of medical situation without knowing what the facts are. Right. Yes, but there is something about the kind of the the birth world where where it's where we just don't know that there's all of these other options. Right. You know that there are different ways of doing things. And yeah, like you said, I mean we research so many things and we tend to not research things that are, are part of our normal everyday life, which birth isn't a part of our everyday life, but being around pregnant people and being around the whole idea of going to the hospital, have a baby and have an epidural, that that's just like a cultural, normal understanding that we have of a birth. Mm-hmm. And so we don't question it. Now, do you know the epidural rate in your city at the hospitals in your city in Chicago? I have no idea. I could Google them. I wonder if that Is would... That- I wonder if you'd be able to find it that easily. Probably not. I can tell you that here in Rochester. Here, I got right here. I got right here. <laughs> Chicago Tribune. Uh, white women have epidurals more than non-white women. In my experience, the percentage is about 90% now at the major hospitals. 
said Dr. Cynthia Wong, professor of anesthesiology at Northwestern Medical uh, Memorial Hospital in Chicago. That's up from 60% 20 years ago. And our hospitals here in Rochester are about the same. Okay. 80 to 90%. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of freaking people getting an epidural. It is. And I think that's, again, we're talking about this is normal. Right. You know, I, 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 I remember I was pregnant with Jack. It was my first child. I, um, I say that so much in these podcasts. It's so annoying. <laughs> I think every podcast, I'm like, when I was pregnant with my first child, Jack. No. <laughs> I, I remember sitting at a restaurant and with a friend of mine and the, this woman, the waitress, she was like, oh, you know, when's your baby, blah, blah, blah. And she was like, let me just tell you, let me give you some advice. Take the drugs. Yeah. And I was like, okay. And honestly, when I was pregnant with Jack and I I was scared, you know, many people are scared of labor. I was too. Obviously I, it's, it's a scary, you know, it's a new experience. You Mm -hmm. get nervous about it. I was scared of the epidural. I knew I went to that prenatal class and the lady was talking about the epidural, whatever. And she was like, we don't bring the needle in because some people get a little nervous when they see it. And I was like, this woman won't show me the epidural needle which means I'm not letting you put it in me. Right. And I got so scared of that that I was just like, I'm having a natural birth. I'm not going to take any, I'm not going to do any of that. Got to the hospital. Of course, I didn't know anything about anything. I wasn't prepared anything. We just went to the hospital like normal. We went in there all looking at me like, you don't want the epidural. Oh, well, that's weird. Why are you not doing that? Yeah. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know. I don't know. They're looking at me weird. It gets to be two o'clock in the morning. I was also induced. Yeah. So now we're in for like a whole, here's another birth intervention, right? Yep. yep. So I was induced. I now, I know I was induced at like, I don't know. I don't even remember now. Sometime in the afternoon. So it's the evening, you know, she checks on me. Nothing's happened. So she gives me another Cervidil. So she gives me another like dose of that. I don't know what you call it. Dose? Another yeah. whatever. Yeah. So now it's then, okay, so now now it comes on strong. It's 2 o'clock in the morning, and, like, I grab this doctor by the collar, and I'm like, where is the epidural person? (laughs) Can you find the epidural person for me now? Because I need the epidural. Because I didn't know what to do. I had no idea it was going to feel like this. I had no idea. I wasn't prepared. I wasn't nothing. I knew nothing. I was just like, I don't want the epidural. I'm just going to have a baby. You know, in the hospital where they normally have epidurals and they don't know what to do for me either. <laughs> so it was just like going again. You know, we had no idea. And and I was like, I still was like, I that's not true because I hadn't gotten to that point yet. I was like, I don't want the epidural. And she's like, well, we can give you something else. We've got these like uh, narcotics. I can give you some Stadol that might take some of the pain off. Okay, so then I had some Stadol. Stadol, is that what it's called? I think that's what it is, yeah. So she gives that to me. They could sell that stuff on the street. Oh, yeah. I, so I felt it. I felt it come to my veins. I felt it course through my body. A uh, glazed look came over my eyes, and I just settled into that bed. And I was like, holy shit. Yeah, you're out of it. I am high as a kite. And the pain did not go away. I just was incapable of screaming now. Right. You just now don't I care. I just laying there in pain. Yep. And I'm just like, oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. I started having... Um, like um, hallucinations in my like like daydreams. So did I. Yeah, 
I didn't have state all. I had New Bain, and I remember I like totally was seeing things. Yeah, I, I I started seeing in my mind my the street that I grew up on all in plastic. Oh like just made of plastic, like plastic houses and a plastic fence and like a plastic a monopoly board. Like, yard. I yeah, I was like, oh my god, what's happening? And then I was like trying to shake, you know, I was trying to shake myself out of it, and I'm like, this sucks. And then again, now the pain, now that starts to wear off, and the pain is still there because you know it's birth. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, epidural person. Now it's the middle of the night, and I'm like, where is he? Get him in here now. <laughs> I want to get him in here now. So fi- they finally come. They give me the epidural. I lay down on the table. Now I can't feel anything. So now I'm completely numb. The pain is completely gone. And I start shaking. Like I was literally laying on the table. I looked like I was having a seizure. And my doctor looks at me and she's like, what's the matter? <laughs> and I was like, I don't know. I have no idea. I cannot. She's like, are you cold? And I was like, no, I just cannot stop doing this. And she was, you know what she said to me? I'm not lying to you. She said, Oh, that's because you were in natural label for too long. Your <gasps> body's in sh- your body is in shock now. Stop. That is what she said to me. Oh you have, my god! You went through natural labor for too long. Oh, and before before I even got to this, I was in her office and I said I don't want to have the epidural, and she looked at me and she said, "You can't do that. People don't do that." Oh. And I said, "What?" And she was like, you'll be bouncing around too much from the pain to do that. Oh, my God. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, I didn't even. At the time, I was just like, screw you. Like, I can do whatever I want. Right. But then I got into a situation that I wasn't prepared for. And um, I had all the, you know, and, and, I, and, I, and I finally. And then so, so, so then I got the epidural. I'm laying on the table. I'm shaking. I finally stopped shaking. My husband's passed out in the corner. Um, I, fi- I slept a little bit. I wake up. Here comes the pain again. The baby's not that much closer. Um, and he. And so now I'm bouncing around from the pain. Right. Because the epidural is completely worn off. Now I'm back where I started. The epidural, they, you know, they're not going to give you a second epidural. The, we get to the point where, okay, now I'm pushing. He's trying to come out. He won't come out. I can barely, you know, I've been up for like 30 hours now. I can't do anything. Um, and then the, they can't, they're all standing around. More and more people come in. By the time he was born, there was like 15 people standing around my vagina. All these residents, they're like, you know, cheering me on and going like, oh, God, because the doctors are kind of like, what are we going to do? I <laughs> can't get the baby out. Yeah. And by that time, I was like, give me a C-section. <laughs> I want a C-section now. Cut this baby out of me now. And they were like, no, we can't do that. You're too far along. Oh, one of them was like, the C-section guy went home. We <laughs> can't do that. <laughs> I was like, okay. He left with the uh, epidural guy. He's gone. <laughs> They were just like, no, you're pushing this baby out. Um, but I didn't. And the doc, they called in the head guy, kind of walks in, this little like Indian guy or something, walks in, looks at my vagina, doesn't look at me, and said, um, <laughs> episio- he says, uh, episiotomy, or blah, 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 episiotomy. And I knew what that meant. And I was like, yes, I want a knife to somewhere on my body to get this baby <laughs> out. This is, the, this is the mindset that I'm in. I mean, how horrible is this story? Oh, yeah. I hear it all the time. This is travesty. Yeah. Yeah. And so they cut him out. They cut my vagina. He comes out. I remember just looking at him and I was like, oh, yeah, that's what all this was about. I forgot what I was doing. Yeah. 
And then I, I always imagined that I would like cry of happiness and it would be so wonderful. I just sat there. I was like, oh, it's a baby. Yeah. It's a boy. I had no emotions, nothing. Not because I didn't want to. I mean, I was no, you so, just I just had so many chemicals in my body. I was incapable of having emotions. They were, I, was, I was high. Now, did you have Pitocin? Oh, and Pitocin too, sure. Yeah. Of course. Um, That's so, like Epidural's best friend. Right. I know. They go hand in hand. They go nowhere together. Or they go everywhere together. So, um, yeah. And, and, and your first one was correct. They go nowhere together. They go nowhere together. Yeah, you're right. They go yep. together. Yeah. So let's explain. The epidural numbs you. Right. But now that you're numb, your body's not contracting anymore. It's not pushing the baby out, which is a problem because your baby's ready to come out. Right. So then they give you the Pitocin to start the contractions again. To move things along. Yes. So does, so yes. Okay. Just to get that straight. Yeah. So the Pitocin we want to get technical and my actually my story for my first is really a lot like yours so we kind of mm-hmm. were leading these parallel lives having our children either that or everybody has their baby the same way because I like probably probably the case yeah. a lot of people are having the same experiences yeah. yeah um like right down to like all the people in the room except i did not have the episiotomy yeah. now the pitocin your body naturally releases oxytocin you know during labor when you're having sex, when you breastfeed, like those, it's that feel good hormone, but it also helps to contract your uterus, the oxytocin. So when you get Pitocin, Pitocin is synthetic oxytocin and Pitocin will actually block your natural oxytocin reflex, which is Mm. why you don't have those lovey, lovey feelings when your baby's born, because your body is Uh. now not releasing its own oxytocin because it's masked by the Pitocin that they're giving you. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's very interesting. Like once you get into it all, like it's really interesting how it all works. Now on top of this, something that people don't realize too, one of the other little side effect things, like when you were talking about the, um, the shaking. So there's little, you know, everybody worries about, okay, I'm going to get an epidural. Is it going to make me paralyzed? Like, I've been doing this for 10 years. I've never met anybody who's even known anybody that's had that problem. You know, like no, you'll be paralyzed for a little while, but right, not forever. Not forever. Right. But, you know, of course, they have to tell you that. And then they're like, sign on the line. And at that point, you don't care what you're signing. You're like, whatever, you know. Right. Exactly. So. It, but the certain, you know, certain side effects can happen. Lowered blood pressure is one of them. That's very, very common. So they have to give you more fluid. So then they're giving you more IV fluids. Mm-hmm. And one of the other side effects is fever. That's very, very common. So if you come down with a fever, there's no way of knowing, is it from the epidural or have you now developed an infection because maybe your water's mm-hmm. broken? So now they have to take in consideration, is there an infection here? And a lot of times they will take the baby and start antibiotics and do a, a sepsis rollout to make sure that the baby doesn't have an infection. Oh, gosh. And that's, that's mom and that's baby because separation. Because this all starts with us shutting down the whole natural process right. yeah. of birth, which, which your body knows how to do. It does. So now we've got you getting lots of fluid. If it was an induction, then there's even more fluid involved because it goes longer. So you've got all this fluid, and that fluid 
I don't know if you remember like your feet being swollen and you know, like all this stuff, but that, I don't remember oh my God, people like I've seen women that were so like, sometimes they'll get like five, six, seven bags of fluid during labor. It's crazy. So all of that fluid. Cause you're not peeing or anything. No, it's just bloating you. Yeah. And it all, it swells your breast tissue. Oh, so now here we go. we've got babies that maybe latched great the first 24 hours. And then the second 24 hours when that fluid starts to set in, mm-hmm. they don't latch anymore. And I, when I worked in the hospital, I saw this all the time. They'd have these babies that latch great. And then the mom, the next day, the nurse was like, I don't know what happened overnight. The baby's not latching anymore. Mom's oh, it hurts because now it's shallow because they're so full because it's all of that swelling. So here comes a baby that's not latching well. Here comes a mom that's full of fluid, a demodus breast tissue, and then here comes the nipple shield. Uh-huh. And a lot of times that mom will call me and say, they told me I had flat nipples and the baby won't latch because I have flat nipples. That is like uh-huh. my biggest frustrating thing because that's not uh-huh. why the baby's not latching. Your baby will latch if you have flat nipples. But if you have very edematous swollen breast tissue... That's a whole different story. Uh. But now Pitocin acts as an antidiuretic, which will hold on to that fluid, and it'll take longer to get out of your system. That sounds very problematic. Yeah, it is. It's totally problematic. So that's kind of like little stuff, you know, that, that can go wrong. But like I said, like if you know this then you can deal with it going in. You know what I mean? Like you can, you know, okay, I'm, they're going to give me this fluid and I'm going to probably swell and maybe the baby won't latch well. And I might have to make sure that I'm feeding the baby frequently to keep the fluid down, whatever we just, you know, we deal with it. But mm-hmm. the things that people don't realize is like the actual impact on the baby of the medications. Yeah. And that's a big deal. And I, there, I swear there are still people in labor and delivery that are telling mothers that there is no impact on the baby. Yeah. And it's like when you're pregnant, they tell you you can't take anything. Like if you get a headache, they're like, don't, don't take anything other than Tylenol. You can't yeah. take anything other than right. Tylenol. But then you go into labor and they give you an opioid. Yeah. And that's right. okay. Like in your bloodstream, directly mm-hmm. into your bloodstream, they'll give you an opioid. So suck, suck right into the placenta. Yeah. Right. right. So why do we lose concept of the fact that that's not okay yeah. well, that it's going to go to the baby yes this is exactly the point of this culture where hospital protocol you know has become just the norm mm-hmm. and so it doesn't you know it's like we don't think to compare things like that like why do we think more about ibuprofen than we think about like all the drugs we're giving you know people in labor and it's just it has to do with norms you know we don't question norms because it just seems normal it's just normal. And if it's certainly if it's harmful, it wouldn't be normal. But that's not always true. Right. right. That's not always true at all. And now the medications, it's depending, you know, it's very, it's very dependent. Like I can't tell you, okay, if you have an epidural, this, this, and this is going to happen. Because a lot of it depends on like how your body metabolizes. At what point mm-hmm. do you get the epidural to when the baby's born? Like, is there a good time span in between there where things kind of can get a little bit worked out? Where, um, how much was the dosage? You know, what was in it? Like there's, it's a cocktail. So it's, you yeah. know, like, 
some anesthesiologists will give a little bit less and then some, so you can feel what's going on, but maybe not Mm. be so uncomfortable. And then Mm -hmm. some will not do that. So it just, it Mm -hmm. really, it really depends. There's so many variables with it. But, um, the other, like the narcotics, like the Nubane and the Stadol and morphine, all of that stuff, that's awful. Yeah, that's not, yeah, that's not healthy stuff. One of the hospitals that I, I uh, teach in, they, there was a, like, we'll have nursing students that sit in on our classes. And one of the nursing students told me one day, she said that um, she was at a, deli- she was at a, you know, labor and they had Narcan in the room. And she asked about that and they were like, well, because when there's, you know, like Nubane and stuff involved, that can cause breathing problems for the baby. So we keep Narcan in the room just in case. Oh, God. Yeah. And see, this is the this is the point here is that there's rarely a case. I would say never a case where there is going to be an intervention that doesn't lead to other interventions. Right. It's always, you know, intervention leads to intervention leads to intervention. And so. You know, that's where you're saying, well, you know, I'm going to get the epidural and then, you know, that's all. But you don't know. I mean, we never know what's going to happen. Right. And we don't we don't know. But the interventions are risky because they are risky themselves and because it's likely that others will come along down the line. Right. Like and even if you just even if it's just the epidural, the fluids involved. And then you've also got, um, sorry, (laughs) you've also got the, you know, a lot of times the medication will make the babies very sleepy. It can affect their suck. It can make them very uncoordinated. Babies don't need any help being uncoordinated. They're pretty uncoordinated as it is, but no, like a pile of mush, like they don't have any month. Yeah. They don't know how, you know, but that can really cause a lot of those same issues. Um, when you have an epidural, like moms think it's great because you know, you're not feeling anything. So moms are like, Oh my God, I'm not feeling any of these contractions. It's great. And you just lay on your back and you, you know, can sleep and you can rest and they'll turn you from side to side, but your baby is still feeling every contraction that is hitting them. Yeah. And they cannot move to get into a good position to move down. So Mm -hmm. now that's stress on them and it really does stress them. And so often you'll hear people say, well, I had to have a C-section because, you know, the baby was stressed and was decelerating and, but nobody yeah, said, you know, yeah. that was that why we don't know why, but that very well could be the reason why that it was too much on the baby that you couldn't, you know, the medication and all of that stuff just causes those issues. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I mean, with Jack, after all of that, um, he was very sleepy and so was I. I mean, she said, do you want to try breastfeeding? And I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was not even coherent really to, 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 to make a, to make a decision about parenting. Like, I mean, I was high. Yeah. And I was like, I, I, I was like, I guess. And then you can see pictures of me. I shared these pictures. There's like a dead look on my face mm-hmm. and Jack's kind of like, you know, I mean, he, I guess he latched on. I barely remember, but, um, he was certainly not, you know, he was tired. I, you know, you can tell yeah. that he was, you know, t- tired and affected by all of that. There's no way that he could not have been. Absolutely. And then, yeah, with the with my second, I mean, you know, it's 
it's easy to say they're like just night and day. And I and I and I became I developed this fear of hospitals after that. <laughs> experience and so I was like I'm going to have a home birth and a lot of people think home birth is scary but you have to understand I was scared of hospitals Mm -hmm. so it felt safer to me to not be in that situation and um, I you don't have to you know you don't have to have a home birth in order to have a birth with midwives who tend to use interventions far less who also work in like birthing centers that are not quite hospitals, but there, there's interventions there if, if you need it. And and one, another thing I think people don't understand about home birth, and we don't have to talk about home birth the whole time, but um, that midwives are not, it's not like they just show up with like, you know, themselves. I mean, they right. have stuff. They, they have stuff to intervene, you know, if you need it. I, 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 I when I went into labor and my the midwife came over, she was monitoring the baby's heartbeat. Yep, she had a whole little monitor thing. Yep. You know, she's a midwife. She's Doing the, she's, this is she or she's doing her job. She was hearing decelerations in Exley's heartbeat. And she said, um, I think that they're happening because of the contractions. I don't think there's actually something wrong with him, but we're going to put oxygen on you because that will get passed through the placenta to him. By the way, she's speaking to me in my face, mm-hmm. which did not happen to me the first time. No. Uh, nobody said, to, nobody told me anything. Um, she's like, this is what we're going to do. So she put the oxygen on me and then we push. And I later said to her, she, you know, I later, later I was like, why was there oxygen on me again? Um, and she, you know, she explained it again. And oh, I also had, um, meconium in my, um, when the water broke. Yeah. And she said, um, well, because she said, because of the amniotic, because of the meconium in your, um, fluid and then the, um, decelerations in the heartbeat, I think that if, you are going to be in labor for several hours. We may have talked about transferring to a hospital just because he may have needed work. He may have needed to have his lungs cleaned out. She said, but I could tell (laughs) that you are going to push the baby out like right now. Um, And she said, so I felt comfortable doing this. So, I mean, this is like from my experience of this, this kind of in the hospital setting where there's, where they're hung up on a lot of this, they're pressured to -hmm. keep on a time schedule. They're pressured to keep with a protocol. Um, They have to, you know, they, the, um, and, and the midwife here at my house, there's no, there is no, she was not under any pressure. Her only pressure was to make sure I and the baby was okay. That was her only thing she had to worry about. Yeah. Um, And so she was able to make this decision completely Based on my health and safety, not on time pressures, not on any of this other stuff. And so it was, you know, and then, um, you know, and then the baby was born, actually was born and, you know, he was, he was fine and he nursed like, you know, right, right there. Um, and so it was completely, a completely different situation. I, and I don't want to say that you can't have an empowering birth in a hospital. I can't say that because people do all the time. Yeah. And I and I recognize that and that's, you know, that's totally fine. But again, you know, this is what we're talking about, right? We're talking about having all the information. We're talking about going in prepared. We're talking about like getting the answers. You right. know, and getting the information that you need so that you can just be a part of it. You're a part of this is your birth. Right. There. But this is yours. The mothers that have a very empowered hospital birth are educated on what's going on and they have a really right. great support system, you know, a good relationship yeah. with their doctor, their, you know, 
they know and they what, what they're doing. They have doctor, people with they them. They research doctors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they researched everybody, and they yeah. I'm sorry, I cut you off. No, that's no. Uh, but it's and when you say you know that she was explaining everything to you, like that is as you were saying that, I was thinking about how I had oxygen on me when I was pregnant or when I was laboring with Nathan at one point they did the oxygen and they never explained to me why. At least I don't remember them explaining it to me, but I remember there being a lot of hustle and bustle and they don't really say what they're doing. And they just kind of like do stuff because they need to. Right. And everyone's staring at your vagina. (laughs) Like no one's looking at your face like, Oh, you know, here's what we're doing. It's just like, here's a vagina. Here's another vagina with the baby coming out. Mm hmm. Yeah, I mean, it isn't, you know, and it's it's a, it's a sort of impersonal setting if you're in a situation like I was in. Obviously, all hospitals are different right. and all, you know, but but I was, I didn't know. I had no idea when I had Jack that there were things called birthing centers. I had no idea that there was a thing called home birth. I had no idea that absolutely, you know, competent, trained medical people were working in these fields and in these areas, and I had the choice to to give birth in that setting if I wanted. I didn't know that, and I and I imagine there's a lot of women who don't right know that they don't have to do it that way if they don't want to. And that home birth midwives, I, I know a couple of them here, and they don't show up with a pot of boiling water and some sheets. Oh, exactly. Like, and strip sheets. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like they're, they know what they're doing and they will, you know, she had, she had like all her stuff. Yeah. Like. They have stuff. And then they also know when to transfer and they don't take just anybody. Like I had a, I had a friend who had a home birth with one of her kids and then she was borderline gestational diabetic for another one of her kids and they wouldn't take her for a home birth yeah. because of that. I mean, you have to, yeah. You have to have, yeah. A low risk. Yeah. They know they're not just like, Ooh, another customer. Like you don't want the liability of something going wrong with you at home either. No, Like this is their, this is their career. This is their passion. Like they're, you know, they're going to tell you, like, we don't think it's safe for you to have a home birth. We think you should be in a hospital. They'll tell you that. I had one. I I have this one doula that I know that's got four, I want to say four kids. And her last one was a home birth. And I was like, what made you decide to, you know, to do that? She goes, I don't have any problems birthing in a hospital. I'm fine with that. She goes, but I have a problem trying to get out of the hospital because they want to do this test and that test. And oh, we might have jaundice. And oh, now we have to go under lights. And we have to do one more blood test. And we have to do these blood sugars. And we have to do. It's a lot. And that's what she wanted to avoid that time. Well, and we do have to know, we have to know that it's just like with anything else. They have all this equipment in the hospital and they need to use it. You know, they need to have a reason to have it there. <laughs> they want to use it. And I mean, you know, Jack didn't pee within like the, you know, recommended amount of time for him to pee. And so they sent him on a whole slew of tests around the hospital. <laughs> he had a test on his kidneys. He had a test on that, this and that. And the do- actually my doctor came in and this is another disturbing thing. She comes in and she's like, um, What's going on? And I was like, I don't know. He didn't pee. Then now he's out with tests. And she was like, oh, God, I could have made that baby pee. She was right. like, I would have just thrown some water on his penis. He would have peed. Mm-hmm. So my doctor, my doctor didn't even agree with all these freaking tests that are going around. Because she was out. She had to go home. She had to go sleep. So some other doctor was on shift. And they didn't communicate to each other. Oh and then, you know, I had one nurse 
who was giving me an IV. I had an IV in my arm and the nurse comes in um, and she was like, why is your IV on, on that arm? That's the wrong arm. She's like, well, you're going to, you're going to burst a vein. What? And I was like, what? she's like, you're not supposed to put an IV on that side. And I was like, okay. Oh so she gosh. rips it off and puts it on the other side. And I was like, oh, do people talk to each other here? Now, granted, if I, if you're about to have a hospital birth, I'm sorry if I'm scaring you. Please don't let me scare you. This hospital is a piece of crap. So everybody knows it in the city. So <laughs> I, I didn't know it, of course, until after the fact. So let me not, I don't mean to scare you. I just mean that, you know, in my experience, it was not a good experience. <laughs> and it really like, if it's, if it's, that's, very different for everybody, you know, which is one of those reasons why when yeah. people tell their birth stories, people go, oh, my God, you know, this is going to happen to me. I better go get an epidural because this, my friend was in so much pain. And it's like yeah. I have had moms that went into labor, didn't even know they were in labor, walked into the hospital at eight centimeters and popped out a baby. And they were like, I thought it was going to be so much worse than that. I didn't know yeah. that that's like everybody's perception is so different. And everybody's expectations yeah. are different. And every, right. And everybody's going to have a different experience. You yeah. I mean, your, your body is different. And, you're, and, and you really, you should be in a situation where your individual situation is taken into account. Yeah. You know, like, okay, well, you're, you know, I mean, it, you know, even, and even just having a doula there, like, you know, she would, before we, before, much long, much, a long time before I went into labor with Exley, she was like, so what do you, do you have any fears? And I'm like, what is this therapy? And she's like, well, kind of. She's like, kind of. <laughs> like, do you have any fears? Like, what are your what are your fears? What are your whatever? And like, she, you know, she, we got to work that out, you know, before I gave birth, which made me much freer that day to just focus on that. Right. right. And, and it was like, okay, well, somebody, you know, she was just like, I mean, you're about to go through a big thing. Well, let's talk about like how it's going to be. Right. I mean, bottom line is, you know yourself better than anybody. And if you know that you don't tolerate pain well or that you have anxiety over being in a hospital or needles or, you know, like stuff like that, that stuff plays into account what your decision is going to be. Totally. And, and your history, your history with your body, right. your history with trauma. All and, of that. You know, yeah. But yeah. that's why it's so important to have all the information and to know, like, I've told moms, like in childbirth class, if you know that you don't tolerate pain well and the best decision for you and your partner is for you to be medicated and have a medicated delivery, then that's fine. Just know what the side effects are. That's right. all. Just know yeah. what, what you're doing. Yeah. You don't want it to be a surprise later. You know, just know. Just know. And then, you know, like some moms don't realize that you get a catheter with a epidural mm-hmm. and they're like, what? <laughs> I get a catheter? Are you kidding? I don't want a catheter. I can't get up well, and take a shower right away. What? <laughs> no, you can't. Like you, they uh, won't let you up for a couple hours. You know, like it's. Mm-hmm. But they don't know those things. Right, and that's not that's not the information that the anesthesiologist is giving you. I mean, like by the time he's there, you know, I mean, basically he or she is just going to walk in and just. Yeah. You know, they'll tell you, you know, position your body this way, whatever. But they're not going to stand there and give you a whole lesson on epidurals. No. They don't have time for that. No. So you do have to research a lot of this on your own. And we will help you if you so choose because yeah. we have to do those things. If you have concerns or questions, just let us know. Yeah. So I know we just kind of like, we really, I feel like we just kind of like touched on it. You know, like there's so I much know. stuff. Maybe we could do part two. I think yeah, we might have to do part two of birth interventions if people really, I, I mean, I think it's fascinating, quite honestly. I think it's fascinating yeah. how everything works. Um, but other people might not be as interested in it as me, <laughs> but you know, whatever. Yeah. 
And it gets to be controversial, too, because, you know, you you start talking about things that that, that are normal and that people have chosen. And then, you know, people might have feelings about, you know, the fact that we're talking about this. And that's 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 okay. I mean, that's that's okay. Your feelings are okay to have and you can bring them to us. Yes, absolutely. So that is now you all know our opinion on what's going on with birth interventions. Um, but definitely, you know, email, you ever have questions, you want to suggest topics, you want to hear more about this, whatever. Badassbreastfeeder at gmail.com and we will get back to you. Even the with, badass breastfeeder. Oh, the badass bre- the badass breastfeeder at gmail.com. Yeah. I forgot that part. That's also at the end. It's in our closing. Oh, yeah. So it's all, the email is also in our closing. So. Yeah, which we don't listen to. So, you know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't listen to the closing. I have no idea. <laughs> but I'll take your word for it that it's there. So join us next week. We're going to talk about alcohol and breastfeeding. That's another hot topic. Talk about controversy. Yeah. So we'll see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.